right, jumping straight into it. Michael, thanks for being on the podcast today. So what's your one percenter? Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, I was thinking long and hard about the one percent and I wanted to go with my first percent. So what I think about that one percent is just pause and I think it's harder to do than than you think. Um, but for me, I'm a bit of an overthinker. I'm a bit of a, um, I think someone said it before, a bit of a catastrophizer. But if I have the ability to um, just pause, whether I'm thinking about something or I've got something on, um, then I can, you know, move forward to create action or I can, or I can do something there. Um, it's very hard to just stop in that moment and, and not get taken away or snowballed with with different things. So for me, if you're, if you're in strife or even if you're not, you've got a big decision to make, um, you know, it's just pausing first. Yeah, and that's a, a, a really good one to sort of um, start on and it probably ties into quite a few of the other things that we've we've had on the podcast so far, so it's really good. But uh, so how do you use that in your sort of day-to-day life? Yeah, I mean, for me... Um, it is probably that overthinking thing. So every decision for me is probably a big one. You know, what do you have for breakfast? What do you? It's the same sort of, it's the same sort of, um, you know, conundrum if you like, as to you know what do you do with your family or what are you doing for work and that sort of thing. So um, for me, if it comes up and I've got two things there, I, I want to be really present and I want to be really purposeful. So that's me just pausing and going, okay, um, I don't need to think too far ahead. I don't need to think too far in the past. Um, I just need to, to make some movement now. Uh, and for me, that's a, that's a quick win. But before I get the quick win, I need to pause and stop that, that motion because for me, it can be a bit of a wave. So I can get overwhelmed quite quickly. And that's what I found in, my, in say, sort of the past. It might be a bit of maturity or something, but um, I've come, come to realise that I just need to pause at some point um, to get the, the best out of me. Yeah. yeah. And that's just to remove yourself from that thought process. Like, do I have wheat bix or toast? And you think, oh, the, I've got to get the toaster out, and then I've got to clean it up, and then wheat bix, I just pour it in the bowl and go. Like, and a breakfast example. Like, is that is that what we're <laughs> talking about? Absolutely, that that's right. And yeah. I think I think I probably reflect on the, um, you know, fight flight sort of thing. So before I even get to that point of, um, you know, fight or flight, it is okay. Well, I just need to consider something now. I just need to pause. Um, make sure I'm taking stock and, and then going from there. It's not necessarily, you know, I, I'm just going with the flow straight away because I don't know what's on the other side um, or, yeah, yeah, I'm just not confident in that, so I need to pause. Probably sort of arresting that paralysis, paralysis of indecision, really, isn't it? That's right, yeah, for sure. Really good point. We'll dive deeper into that um, in a second. But, look, guys, if, if you're enjoying what you're seeing so far, um, we, we would like it if you'd subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and you know, like sort of what we're sharing. Um, I hope if this is something that is useful to you, you'll, you'll give us a like on Facebook. But um, tell us a little bit about about you. Like who is Michael, where are you from, what have you been doing, et cetera? Absolutely. So um, born and bred uh, Olveston boy. Um, so I actually went to school with Reese. Um, and, yeah, I suppose, yeah, grew up on the northwest coast, had a really good childhood, and then uh, we took off, my partner Amber and I took off to Melbourne for – six, six and a half years and then returned mid-2021 um, back to the to the coast. So in that time I've done a bunch of different things work-wise, um, always been around a footy club, things like that. But um, generally speaking I've always been customer-facing, so whether it be sales, customer success, customer experience type stuff. Um, so my most recent role was for a New Zealand company, a New Zealand software company, um, so I could do that remotely here in, uh, in customer success. So... Um, yeah. Did you did you find the the, the person facing roles that you've had might have maybe filled your bucket a little bit 
too much and that might be some of that indecision-y sort of paralysis of indecision there? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I wouldn't necessarily say just the the indecision piece, but I think it is a bit of a, a mix between who I think I am and who I am and things like that. So um, I do call myself a bit of a, a extroverted, extroverted introvert. So I think I'm an introvert by nature, but I do really get some energy off um, you know, being with other people and, and helping other people as well. Um, so it, it does sort of come into that. And I suppose with a bit of history of anxiety as well, um, you can go across that spectrum you know, when you are in those customer-facing roles and you're expected to do that as well. So, yeah, probably a touch either yeah, that, way. That, it definitely resonates with me. I, I feel like I'm I'm definitely an introvert. I don't, I don't get energy from being with people necessarily. I've got probably a pretty big bucket to use, but, yeah, I, just, I definitely get a point I really need to fill that back up. Yeah. yeah, I'm extrovert. More paper, the better, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you do, like, uh, with that pause, if you are in that – and when you're at work, you can't just – you know, you have to actually be there in the moment and still do it. Have you got tactics for that? Like how do you remove yourself from that little situation if it is a work-based or, you know, a situation where you need to be the present as well? Yeah. How do you remove yourself for that brief period of time to rethink? Do you have – a tactic? Do you have something for us? Yeah, it's a good call. It's um, it's one of those things that I probably do at a, a macro level and a, and a micro level as well. So there are those times where you physically, you know, I might be talking too fast or I might be breathing too heavy or I might be doing this and that and I, and I do just need to take myself away either from the room or, or whatever. But if you're on a phone call or you're, you're taking training on a, on a Zoom call, which I do, you know, day in, day out, um, it's probably at that that real micro level that that's sort of really hard to do but in your in your brain when you've got things going through that you're sort of you know picking one thought up and, and taking it that way rather than seeing a bunch of thoughts uh, and that's probably one thing I've, I've picked up is as the analogy is probably the the sushi train um it's, I think it's used a lot around the, the psychology sort of circles but um that helped me as far as you know if I've got you know so many thoughts or or priorities if you like going around on that that sushi train I really just want to pick one up and focus on that for that period of time um so that really helps when you're, you're in a conversation or, or you know you're actively listening to someone I'm going to you know pick one thing and, and then feed it back definitely and and I've heard you know that before myself um I'm what I'd probably describe myself much the same as you sort of that um introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert, however you want to put it. But basically, you know, like my own company, but also don't like, you know, I, I do get energy from people in certain situations, um, but also do find that to be also incredibly draining as well, um, which can, you know, can, can be a struggle, particularly as someone that quite often facilitates training for, you know, groups of 20-plus people and and you are the centre of attention for 12 hours in the case of, of mental health first aid. But uh, to your point of um, taking that moment to pause, and, and I think literally i just done it just then, but um, I do that often when facilitating training and I'll use the script that I have as, I guess, my tool to sort of say you know, just sillily, you know, I've oh, just got to find where I'm at or whatever. And then realistically I'm just using that as a, as a way of just taking that second to just collect yourself, breathe. Yeah, collect yourself. Like yep. let your brain, you know, so often do we just try and let our brain regurgitate everything that's coming out without thinking about what we're actually trying to convey or say and that's where I think it's really important to have that moment of, 
pause where you you know you think you um, try and understand how you're trying to articulate something, etc. So, yeah, right. for me, I, I think that's a really yeah really valuable goal. I think I resonate with that absolutely as well because um, you can only be so prepared and. Other people aren't going to come away from one of your trainings and say, I remember that one time he took a, a two-second pause and, you know, the whole thing didn't make sense. <laughs> and, I think, and I think, yeah, exactly. And I think for me that was the whole thing. I was just like, oh, what are people thinking of me? Or am I scared of that white space? Just do it. You know, just take that one or two seconds and, um, you know, it's not going to come back to you. Uh, it's going to benefit you. You don't have to have every second filled with noise or it, filled yeah. with sound. Yeah. 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 And I think from an, an, an outside of that point of view like um taking those times to to pause could come back to you know what jonathan mentioned in the first episode of of prioritizing tasks that's kind of the sushi the sushi trained sort of analogy in you know prioritizing what's really important as it goes around on that sort of conveyor belt and then like really hyper focusing on those one thing so you're not overwhelming yourself and being aware that it'll come back if you miss if you miss something you more than likely have another chance to pick it back up and go again, yeah. yeah. For me, like listening to some of the other guys on the, the podcast recently, it's probably um, me for my first percent, that pause then allows you to go on to you know, reflect or prioritise or plan, um, you know, those things that we've had on the podcast. So um, that's, I suppose that's the way I was thinking about the 1%. And um, if I can sort of just touch on one thing is probably um, – you know how I thought about that was sort of Maslow's hierarchy as well. You can't if you can't if you don't pause, you can't go further. But if you don't have that sort of safe space or that that level of self esteem, you can't get to self actualization. So you can't actually do some of that reflective practice unless you pause and and take stock and and feel that safety as well first. Yeah, sounds really good. I like the um, so you prioritise those different values of uh, go again on what you're saying about how you choose which one you take first and whatnot from that train as such. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that train, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I suppose what I was saying there about the, the hierarchy, if you're thinking about a triangle, you know, if you've got physical safety, you know, you need that to operate and then you're looking at, you know, your, your social safety or your self-esteem and things like that. But that sort of psychological safety can come from yourself as well. So um, I was probably scared of that and that's why I need to pause before I go into something as well. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably a good way to segue into the the next sort of um, point. But t- tell us how, like I know you've sort of mentioned it a little bit already, but um, a little bit about your personal experiences. How how did they lead you to, um, I guess, look for or, or find, develop, whatever it is, this understanding of your 1%? Yeah, I think it's probably a couple of things. So um, – touch on the mental health journey I I guess initially and and that's something that I've sort of gone through from sort of 17 in different ways so initially it was probably a bit of that teen angst and identity sort of stuff coming out of school and not knowing what to do um and then not thinking I needed any any help or or those sort of things um coming through to now but another aspect of that was probably my uni degree actually because I went back to uni um, mid-20s and did sort of a human-centred design sort of course um, and that was all about, you know, problem-solving but, but checking assumptions and things like that. So to to know – you've got to sort of know the problem and redefine the problem before you can action it and so that was sort of the, the pause for that problem-solving methodology. So for me I was just pairing that right back to that micro level of 
okay, well, I need to understand what's going on first before I can make an informed decision, if you like, because prior to that I was getting taken away with things. I was snowballing and I was letting myself get into that also because I probably thought I deserved to um, feel what I was feeling uh, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that probably culminated in, in that understanding of, hey, I just need to pause here and, and probably with a bit of maturity as well to give myself that break and to give myself a little bit of that space to um, to go, uh, which I probably wasn't doing. I was focusing on other other people or other things rather than actually looking inward. It's interesting to see how many different engineering principles can be applied to this mental health stuff. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Like you've got that one, but then you've like you, you you need to understand the problem before you develop the solution. But then you've got you know if, you, if something's causing you harm, you, you start going through the hierarchy of controls of elimination or isolation and all that sort of stuff. It's it's really cool that you know we've we've got all this stuff on this big macro level around dealing with problems. But how many people just make the link to link it to your own personal stuff. It's pretty pretty crazy that all these tools are kind of been developed already for another problem. You able to relate it to yourself and your own sort of yeah. feelings and emotions, I suppose, in a way, like being connected with yourself enough to make those make yeah. those parallels, I think. Yeah. And I think that's important. Sorry, just to, to jump on that one as well, is to break it down into those chunks and actually see that on a micro level. You think about it macro. If I thought about it macro, which I did for first six, seven, eight years of, you know, going through some stuff, I, I wanted to know the solution right away yep. um, and I wanted to know the cause right away. You don't need to know that then and there, but breaking it down and going, okay, I'm pausing, I'm considering and then, you know, understanding a little bit more piece by piece, 1%, um, was so beneficial, yeah. Yep. Is this this area that you're sort of talking about that, that – um, the need to pause, is that something that you've seen in um, in others, like so friends, family, et cetera, um, something that, that you would recommend, I guess, you know, you are recommending it here, but um, from a more personal level, people close to you, um, is that something that you think would obviously benefit like everyone or is it sort of very specific to, I guess, being a extroverted introvert or... <laughs> Look, I think it probably benefit everyone in, in a sense and, you know, you've got to control it for what you want to do and it's very hard and when we're talking about 1%, it took me a long time to get to that 1% and that's why I sort of said it's the first percent because it probably allows you to go a bit further after you've done that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think just as a general rule you can make of it what you will but it it is just pausing and it applies to different things. For me it really applies on that micro level of thought process and, and catching myself mid-thought and, and saying, hey, that's that's a dark road to go down. I'm going to stop here and, and actually consider why. Um, so maybe just asking yourself, why am I doing this or why am I thinking this or, you know, why is it a consideration? Um, so I think everyone can do that on a different, different level. Um, but, yeah, I think it can be a, a benefit just to appreciate the, the white space uh, sometimes and just pause or, or look at that sushi train and, and not pick up too many things. And this is frequently for you during the day. This doesn't happen once or twice. This happens. Oh, this is just about every decision, just just about yeah. everything at the moment. Yeah. So it's not um, something you can sit and write down at the end of the day because it'd just be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably allows you to do that and, and there's probably certain points throughout the day that it's great to great to reflect and, and write down. But for me it's sort of an in-the-moment um, It's an in the moment thing that goes, you're not even considering it. So it's, it's training that thought 
yeah. over a, a period of time um, and that's probably why I say it's not easy as well because it's probably more of a, a clinical thing. That, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that resonate with this one and the fact that they do mm. do have those thoughts more than what they probably think and this might trigger for that for them. Um, so probably maybe try and delve into more about taking that pause even and, and just saying, you know, is there something more sp- specific that you do in that moment to be able to do it? Do you, do you have one train of thought that you go back to? Or uh, not it's really? A, it's so a great it's a hard question. One. It's It'd a be really a hard, hard one, one to yeah. answer to, I suppose, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing some sort of more of the therapy sort of stuff, it was trying to imagine a, a blank piece of paper. So imagine you've sort of got like a, a Word document or something and the, and the words are coming across the screen. Um, do you Do you pause that with, you know, one word or do you pause that with, you know, 10 words or if you've got a full paragraph there and it's it's whooshing past sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, that's probably one thing you could do, just try and get it get it to blank um, initially and that's, you know, it might be it might be a five-minute process but it might be a, you know, a half a second process where you're just like, okay, I'm stopping um, before you keep going. But, yeah, it is, a, it is a tough one to, like, put into practice. Um, yeah, um, at a more macro level, for me it's sort of similar things to going outside for a walk or, or, you know, doing some of the breathing exercise that some of the guys have talked about and, and things like that. So it might be a little bit of a reflection thing, um, but, yeah, different levels. Definitely requires some training, though, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, for me it was it was a lot of that sort of stuff that um, I think Jeff mentioned, the catastrophization sort of stuff. Um, for me, like, I'd have one thought and then five thoughts would jump on top of it and then ten thoughts would jump on top of it. So it's more of a snowball thing. So if I can catch it at that first thought... And just go, okay, well, why am I thinking this? It cannot be reframed to more of a positive or, or, or some more of a neutral thing that I can I can work with a bit better. Um, yeah, because historically I was sort of thinking, yep, that's the right thing to think. And I'd keep going with those extra 5, 10, 15 thoughts. And then by that time I was just beating myself at that, you know, beating myself up at that stage. So we might move on from, from that sort of, from that now and, and move on to the next topic. But... Um, as you, you've listened to a couple of the pods now, like we sort of tend to wrap up a little bit on um, what advice would you give to younger Michael? Um, so I'm not going to throw an age on it, but just um, thinking back at, on yourself now, um, what do you wish from like this one percenter sort of conversation? What do you wish that younger Michael knew um, that you know now? I think it probably is that sort of give yourself a break Um sort of mentality and, you know, I was pretty harsh on myself, wanted, you know, probably, you know, just put the goals up there and things like that. But, you know, you can actually take some time. You can take some time to, to think and reflect and, and do something a little bit different and, and give it a go or um, make some mistakes and, and things like that. Um, so I think give yourself the time to do that. But also when, you, when you're thinking about that, it is, it is being present. So what I was saying before about not looking too far behind, like for answers or something like that, and not looking too far into the future about, you know, goals and, and where you want to be. Like where you are is absolutely fine. Um, you know, you just take that next step and, and chunk it right down. So um, I'd probably do that. And what I mean by chunking it right down, for me it's probably roles. So, you know, I do one thing of a day that's, you know, being a good partner or, or being a good brother or being a good son or, or being a good worker you know, if you, as long as you sort of tick one thing off a day for each of those roles or, or one thing a week, um, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be good, and I'd be 
I'd be happy if uh, younger Michael knew those. The um the goals one actually speaks speaks to me a bit. There is such a push in society to have your life mapped out as far as you can see, and I don't think that's necessarily positive or healthy. Yeah, definitely. Some of those goals are pretty good. Like they're big. They want you to achieve over and over and beyond. But do you really need? Does everyone need to want to be the president? They don't, or president, whatever, prime minister. No one wants to do that. Um, not no one, but very few people sort of thing. Like, And not everyone can do those sorts of things. So we need to be a bit more content and in the moment with what we have and, and have those little goals, you know. You know, make someone smile today. That's it. That's all we have to do. And then yeah. they're happy. Or, you know, do your role as a partner or a son or a, you know, brother. Do that one role for the week, you know. Check in on them, see if they're okay or go and mow their lawns or something little that you can do to help them is a massive tick. Absolutely. Those little things add up, those quick wins. Yeah. Yeah. One percenters. That's it. A good good spot, I think, to, to stop. Um, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Look, um, if any of the stuff throughout this um, episode has been triggering, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 um, or contact your local GP and, and just have a bit of a chat. Um, it's always a good option to have a chat about your mental health and, and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, take note, like, pause. Yeah. If you like what you're doing, give us a like and a subscribe, uh, English, subscribe, and uh, hopefully you see a bit more of us. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Michael. Cheers.